AJ McCall dropped the mic. It's our uh, fourth podcast. Woo! And we have been, I'd say, inspired, I think, by the trips we've taken around the high schools. Yeah. To They've been a big influence on a couple of these topics, including today's. I think it's a big one, especially because McCall and I both have younger siblings who are in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, it really, it's financing or finances, I, yeah, I guess you're a banker. I'm a, I'm a banker. You were I was banker. a banker. I worked for like four years at a bank and there's a lot of things that are not taught in high school that should be, or they should be given as an option to be able to learn more regarding, you know, your own personal finances, credit cards, savings accounts, checking accounts, mortgages, et cetera. Car payments. Car payments. Yeah, yeah. So really, that's what the infl- I think it's a, the big part of this is credit cards. I think is, is our is a big part of our topic. S- speaking uh, specifically, someone who's eighteen and then goes into you know college or whatever, you get a chance to get credit cards and mm-hmm. and then you don't know how to use them and you run amok with them. I mean, in my personal experience, in fact, uh, I was given one when I when I signed when I went to college and opened my own bank account that only I could get into. And I was given one, and I I never got a, a talk from my mom or my dad. And in fact, for the most part, my mom and my dad didn't manage their finances very well mm-hmm. because I think they had fallen into the trap that a lot of kids fall into when it comes to credit cards. You get this, and it doesn't seem like you're really spending your money. Yeah, because it's this like free money. Huge limit that but you can use. But it's not free money. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to run off with it. You know, and I'm, I'm really grateful because when I was a senior, uh, I had a... I can't remember what the technical term for the class was, but basically it was like a like a math life class. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of things that I learned. My teacher was Mumford in at Box Elder, and he did a really good job teaching me some just a couple different like verbiages type things, but when you're a senior, you kind of don't pay attention to it. And there's times that I'll like reflect back to it and like, oh man, maybe I should have paid more attention and oh man, maybe I should have, you know, thought a little bit harder. Well, see, that's, I don't remember in, in my high school cause we had career skills my freshman year, but that's more so like interviewing and you go do the job shadow project. I don't remember ever talking about finances or anything. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think my parents do deserve a little bit of credit because when it came to student loans and credit cards, they put that fear in me, and so I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I dived in like wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the actually really my financial institution I still use it today is really the one that I think that deserves the most credit because when I went on uh, campus to get signed up over the summer, you get your student ID, you get to find your class schedule, all that stuff. Uh, they had this special going on where you signed up for a bank account and then you got a credit card, mm-hmm. and so. The way it worked was the credit card was only for $500, which is a minuscule limit when you talk about credit cards. And then the program was, is that if you manage it responsibly, your credit limit would increase each year. So like the second year, I think it was like $750, and the third year it was like $1250, and the fourth year it was like $2000. And then the program was that if you graduated, once you graduated, if you had proof of employment, they'd raise the limit to $5,000. But it was designed specifically for college kids, so they didn't like. Even if you ran the limit out, it's five hundred dollars. It's not you know like yeah. a huge backbreaker. See, and I feel like there needs to be more education on different ways that you can actually build your credit because I feel like there's so much emphasis on credit cards because credit cards are a really good way to build your credit if you use them responsibly. 
you know, but nobody talks about like the secured credit cards where you can actually put X amount of dollars. Usually it's like 300 bucks and you can do like $300 on this secured credit card. And then basically you put the $300 down and it's your money. And then you just like spend against it basically. And then at the end of your trial period, it'll roll over into a real, into a, like an actual credit card. That's not a secured, it's an unsecured credit card. Um, and you get the money back basically. I've never heard of that, but I'm glad that those things exist. And I'm glad you brought that up because I know a lot of my friends, even my age, I think refuse for the longest time to even get credit cards because because they're so bad. Everybody says, "Don't get a credit card." Yeah, everyone don't get a that's credit what card. It was they're so afraid of it, and then no one really explained to them how it worked, and so their response was just, "Well, I'm not going to get one." Well, you have to have a credit card or something to be able to build credit, especially if you want to buy a house, especially if you want to buy a car. You look at things down the road like, oh, hey, I want to buy a brand new car. What? I have to have credit? Oh, well, nobody told me that. You know, and there are different ways to be able to uh, build your credit when you look at it in that sort of an aspect. Of course, you can get on somebody else's loan, but usually people don't like doing that. If you do like a like a, a co-signer type type deal like if you have like a grandparent or like a mom or somebody who's like hey yeah and that's the problem is that you put somebody else at risk but sometimes that's the only way that you can build your credit you also look at um a lot of the places say like cash loan places are really good because they have such a high interest rate and so if you borrow money and then you pay it back within your said time said time period um it ends up being better for you because you it it boosts your credit quicker than a credit card or say uh, like a car payment but that's risky because it's huge interest I would never huge use one interest of those. I would yeah no I would but again but again it's it's ways that you can it's ways that you can build your credit these are the kinds of things that need to be taught not you don't have to just get a credit card you don't have to just get anything along those lines no, I agree. I mean, that's why I, it's what I did and I'm glad I did. Um, cause like I have no problem now admitting I have, I think six or seven and then everyone, even my parents now go, Oh my gosh, why do you need that many credit cards? Mm-hmm. I don't, I applied for them and I got them just cause I have them. Doesn't mean I go and run through and spend them constantly. It's not, I mean, I could have a hundred credit cards. I could have two credit cards. The credit cards aren't really the problem. It's me, my financial spending habits are what are going to determine whether or not it's a bad idea to have credit cards. Absolutely. And so that's where like self-control has to come in. You know, I'm looking at some of these things. There's another one. You can apply for a credit builder loan, which I didn't even know what it was. Typically, the money you borrow is held by the lender in an account and not released until the loan is repaid. It's for savings program of sorts and your payments are reported to the credit bureaus. These loans are often offered by credit unions or community banks. At least one lender offers them online. So, I mean, you can do something along those lines. Again, co-signers, another one on this list, uh, become an authorized user on someone else's credit card. So you don't necessarily get a credit card. You're just an authorized signer. So you don't necessarily have authority to be able to make changes or anything on there, but your name's on it is, is what that essentially is. Yeah, I think that uh, some, I haven't done it, but I think something that I would, and I mean, I guess I would advise if you're, you turn 18, you want your first credit card, is I know a lot of credit cards will let you issue a second credit card mm-hmm. like to someone else. And so if you're a parent, as a way to teach them, because then you can monitor it. I mean, I hope your kid doesn't run off. I wouldn't, I, I don't know if you can set the, again, I've never used it. I know it's an option yeah. that you can open up those credit cards 
or you can open up a credit card and then you can hand out other versions of the card so yeah. that people in your family have it, something to look at. But I, I mean, I'm just, I think that it really comes down to a lack of understanding because either people, not there's people in the middle, but either people don't know how to use them and they stay away from them or they, they don't understand how to use them and they abuse them. Mm-hmm. Like, cause a couple of things like for, for me, for instance, I uh, look at, uh, fee i will never pay to have a credit card i'm never gonna pay to own your card well yeah because that's that's something else that you have to take into consideration of you paying for it doesn't make sense you know you look at different ways because a lot of the uh like the bank accounts and things at least where i worked they'd have fees on them but there's ways to waive them you know what i mean you look at it you have to like swipe your debit card 10 times or however many times a month and it waives it you have to have x amount of money in in said checking and savings accounts. And, you know, it doesn't make sense to have to pay for it. So look at the ways that you can waive it or look into something that you're not going to have to pay for. I mean, that's just, that's smart financial advice. Absolutely. Is to never spend, I think it's called passive money. Yeah. Passive money can really drain uh, your funds. Something else is that I'd always pay attention to the, you get those waiver periods whenever you sign up for a new credit card, like it'll say first 12 months, first 15 months, first 18 months. You don't have to make a payment. Mm-hmm. I'd always pay attention to those because those can be super useful. In fact, very often I've I've timed big purchases I'm going to make in my life with a new credit card because then I don't have to worry about a monthly payment because you get that grace period where you're not going to get charged interest for 12 months, 15 months, whatever, whatever it may be. Well, and you can look at those kinds of credit cards and some of them offer like free balance transfer type things if you if you're one. if you end up racking something up and you can pay it off eventually but you have like a gigantic interest rate it it pays off if you end up moving it over to like a 15 month whatever and paying it off within the 15 month now if you don't pay it off within the 15 months you're screwed but if you do pay it off within the 15 months, it's fine. And then you're not paying that credit and that percentage of interest on that one. Yeah. I mean, that's another case where you, that, that that one, I guess, would segue to what I was going to, what I did for my student loans, mm-hmm. because you talk about, so if you can do that, you not pay a balance transfer fee, yeah. then you don't have that monthly interest building up on that credit card. That's money that you can now put to work for you. Like for instance, um, with my loans, what I did was, and I was this, I, I was in school for seven years, so I had plenty of time to save up, but instead of paying them off, Little by little, twenty dollars a week, twenty you know, fifty bucks a paycheck. Here, what yeah. I did was I opened an online savings account, which generated higher interest, and I'd put all the money in there, so that way I could make that money work for me mm-hmm. until I got done with school. So, and I I got an actual argument with my parents who didn't understand because I think they thought that I was just going to be irresponsible with the money, but they were like, "Why would you do that?" Well, because that money then builds interest. Well, it's only going to be twenty dollars. Well, that's twenty dollars that I don't have to pay. That's twenty dollars my money earned for me, so it's twenty dollars less out of my pocket. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have no pro. I, uh, I, my parents helped me out financially throughout college a little bit, especially the first few years. But I have no problem admitting I had. Um, by the time I graduated, I had racked up sixteen and a half thousand dollars in loans. Mm-hmm. And I paid off all of my loans in one lump sum before my grace period in, which is six months after you finish school, quit school, or graduate. See, and that's that's really good. This is the kind of thing that needs to be taught in school. I, I really wish, I'm sure that it, it's, I don't know necessarily that it's a possibility to be able to have it taught in school or if you can take extra cur- curriculum, cur- whatever, curriculars or... Yeah. Um, 
anything along those lines, because I think this is something that really should be taught. I think this is something that that kids need to learn, especially now with the huge uh, you look at huge pay gaps, you look at the the way that the economy's gone and, you know, that's something else that you need to be learning about is credit cards because a lot of places, um, kind of kind of tangent, I guess you could say for a moment, a lot of people, you know, not buying houses right now, but they're renting because rent's outrageous and a lot of places actually have the opportunity and the ability to report your rent to the credit bureaus. So if they report that you rent, there's another way to build your credit. But that's stuff that people don't know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what's scary and that's kind of why we we went to this topic. I know from my perspective because I have uh two sisters, mm-hmm. juniors and sophomores in high school, so soon to be seniors in 18. Uh-huh. And that's the other thing that terrifies me and I'm sure you could attest to it too. Once you turn 18, especially when you move out on your own, you just get flooded with those. Like, hey, you qualified for this and, and it's and, like cool. And if you don't know it. anything, you're like, okay. And then you get a credit card all of a sudden and it, you see that big number. You got a $5,000 limit. Wow, $5,000. Okay. I get to spend could, all of this money. Or, yeah, or even, you could even have the other effect, which I think I had when I first got mine. I was like, ah, if I spend just like two or $300, it's not a big deal. I got a $5,000 limit. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So that's what terrifies me. And and I, I I'm I think I lucked out in that the fact that I, I had some financial help from my parents, but I figured it out pretty quick and I was able to pass that knowledge on to my brother. But it, really the bottom line is whether you you know you, credit cards are good to build to build credit, buying a house, buying a car, etc. The the bottom line is I feel like there's just not a lot of knowledge out there. And yeah. so you're either afraid of it or you don't know how to use it, and that's the that's the problem. Yeah. Because credit cards can be super useful. And I mean, that's why I have mine now in case of an emergency. Like, for instance, we did the podcast last week on take or, on taking your risk. And then for seven months, I didn't have a job. And for six months, I had unemployment and I had to live within my means. But I still, you know, I had to move. When I moved to Utah, it was very expensive. And if I didn't have my credit cards, I wouldn't have been able to move to Utah. Yeah. So they they are super useful. They can be good safety nets. But I mean, obviously, the bottom line is you got to be able to manage your own spending habits yeah and you've got to be responsible about it and you know paying it off after sucks it just it does you get charged this outrageous amount of of interest and you know you just i wish there were more i'm sure i'm sure that i'm probably going to catch a lot of flack for this but there are a, I, there are a lot of books that you can read about it but for some reason i'm just not interested I wasn't interested in reading them and I just didn't care you know like I know a lot of people in my family have been very responsible and it's because they read these kinds of books but I had no drive to read any of those kinds of books yeah like I said I lucked out because I didn't read anything either it was just the fact that my credit union which again I still use PEFQ shout out uh, (laughs) set up that program specifically because it, it's it's Purdue Federal Credit Union. I went to Purdue University. They go hand in hand. Yeah. So they set up that program for incoming freshmen and I'm lucky, I'm very lucky that's the case because I kind of figured it out and so then when I got other credit cards, I, I understood. I just finances wasn't something, financial planning, managing my money, you know, knowing what I spent versus what I made, that wasn't something that I don't want to say flaw because it sounds mean, but it just wasn't something that I was bad at. That was something that I could organize and made sense to me and I could sort it out and I'm glad. Yeah. Because obviously with some people, it's just something that 
a, a flaw in in their way that they manage things or whatever you want to call it. Well, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily call it a flaw. I'd I'd probably cause it call it like a downfall because you look at different sure. things. You know, different. Um, situations different things that people struggle with you know whether it's whether it's looking at pornographic images whether it's you know aggression whether it's anger whether it's money you know you look at all of these different problems with people and some of them are more prominent than others and you can actually see them you know whereas this one it's not necessarily like a seeable thing yeah <laughs> not right away maybe uh I think that the I think the key is just to be you don't have to be afraid of it. I just you just that's the great thing I think now. Not that the internet didn't exist when I was a freshman in college, but I would imagine there's there's more to read though. That I I say that with a grain of salt because I'm also terrified of all the things that are on the internet. I mean, look at the what was it, the Equifax thing that just happened. Equifax, yeah, yeah, Equifax, and then every time a natural disaster happens, they're scammers because we've been talking about Harvey and Irma, so. I say that with a grain of salt, but I think there's there's material out there. I, I would imagine that there are certain banks or you know financial institutions you could talk to to give you a little bit better um, better idea of what to do. I, I guess, let me ask you that, McCall. You worked at a bank. Do you feel like credit cards, at least initially, that are through your bank are a little bit better for people to use as their first credit card? Well, with that, with that one that I was talking about, that secured credit card... Um, I think it's a really responsible way to be able to do it because it's $300 or however many dollars of your own money that is being held, basically. And so that money is going directly. It's your money and you're just spending against it, basically. Yeah. Well, that makes it. Yeah. I, I, that, I'm glad that's a thing. I just mean like like for me, like my first credit card was through a credit union. Do you think that, do you don't think it makes a difference whether it was through like your bank or whatever, if it was like, like my American Express card is just through American Express. I don't have a bank. I don't have any other accounts in American Express except for my credit card. It's mm-hmm. linked to my bank account so I can pay it off, but it's separate. It's not part of anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, some of the things with uh, credit union credit cards versus bank credit cards, credit union credit cards, they're like their interest rates are way lower. And that's one of the benefits of having a credit card through a credit union is that the interest rate is way lower, but the rewards are also lower as well. It's like sometimes they don't offer as high as as high of rewards as banks do. Um, you know, and of course banks banks have more of an opportunity to be able to get those bigger rewards because they kind of have more of a more of a draw to bigger companies, bigger named companies, because right. they're bigger branded more as a bank. But banks have more fees with their credit cards. And credit unions are more um, community-ran things, and right. banks are yeah. more big corporate-ran ran things. And so you look at it from the comparison between the two of them. I am, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know 100%, but if I remember correctly... Um, the way that things are reported, it looks better coming from a bank because it's more of a big financial institution versus a credit union. That's fair. And I'm not, and don't quote me on that because I'm I'm not 100% sure on it. I couldn't find the fact. It's not pulling up for me. But if if I remember correctly, people look at it as more of a prestigious, maybe, 
type yeah, that's, thing. That's the reason why I took. That's the reason why when I got offered Discover and American Express, I took them because I think there's more of yeah. a a prestigious attachment to it. Well, and more why I signed up for them, and more so because it's more of a recognizable thing. That too. So people can understand. Oh yeah, it's from you know a big Discover America American Express or um, Wells Fargo, something along those lines. Some big named credit card company versus just like, you know, mom and pop credit union. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think the appropriate thing to do to wrap up this podcast would be to maybe talk about where we think that some of the potential, just, I mean, I think it's a little bit of a recap because I think we've kind of gotten into a little bit, but some potential pitfalls for financial slash credit cards, mostly been about credit cards and Uh then some tips to, be smart about using credit cards and not be terrified. Because again, I'm turning, I turned 28 this year. I have several friends that are a year older than me. Most of my friends are a year older than me that I think up until recently still did not have credit cards because they're just absolutely terrified mm-hmm. of them. And so, it, like, for example, if I could start with, I think one of the pitfalls, I think the immediate pitfall is you see that huge balance and then it doesn't, it doesn't work like a debit card where it comes out of your money right away. So you don't think of it as spending your money. It's not the case. You no. have to pay it back. I think that's that'd probably be pitfall number one, A, B, star, whatever you want to call it. That's the first one. I'd agree with you. I mean, pretty well 100% on that because you do look at it as if it's your money and it's not your money. You don't, it's not yours. You have to pay it back. You don't own it. And that's, that's number one that you really, really have to look at. <laughs> I think another one would probably be um, how easy they really are to get. Basically, yeah. they come to your door, you fill out some basic information, an email, sometimes your salary, depending on what the credit card is. You make sure you you fill out your age, and then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, Bam, there's a credit card. in your mailbox. Well, you can look at it like that, or you can go down to, because with credit unions, they are a very good, um, they're more personable, and there's more of a, like a willingness to be able to talk about it and be able to kind of explain it because they're they're people too, you know. Same thing with big banks though. I mean, a lot of the big banks now are being groomed to be more customer servicely and be able to sit down and explain it to you and tell you here this is what this is what needs to happen. And so you could go in, you could talk with them. And a lot of the a lot of the uh like the account specialists or whatever you want to call them um, that manage credit cards and that sort of that sort of side of things. A lot of them are they're people too, and they're so happy to just talk to you about it. Ask them questions. Don't be afraid to ask people questions, especially when you get a brand new credit card or a brand new anything car payment, uh, house, a mortgage. Feel free to just ask people questions because I feel like for the most part, and maybe I'm wrong, but for the most part, after working in a bank. Pretty well, everybody is willing to answer your questions. Yeah, I think that that's the the. If I had another pitfall, I think it's that either we're unwilling to admit that we don't understand, or we think we got it. Yeah, and a lot of people that is the case. A lot of people do think that that that's that they do have it, and you know, it doesn't hurt to talk to anybody about it. It doesn't hurt to just be. Like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm feeling. And most of the time, people are like. Oh no, it's cool. It it happens, but some I guess sometimes it doesn't happen like that. But for the most part, I feel like again people are very personal, personable. With your experience in the bank, and obviously I don't not to get like super 
into somebody else's business. But what would you say are some of the tips that you could avoid some of the problems that maybe you've seen since you've worked in a bank? What would be um, some of the biggest tips to help people avoid issues with finances slash credit cards, cars, payments, etc.? A lot of things that I did see, um, a lot of people, especially with like mortgages, they take advantage of like the 10 day grace period. Don't get me wrong. Grace period is a great thing. You know, you get 10 days between when your statement or when your payment is due to pay off or pay that payment. Basically don't, don't lean on it as a crutch. Just, just don't it's, I don't think it's a good idea. Some people, I'm not sure how much information I can release. I'm like trying to think how to phrase it. No, we don't want you to get in trouble. No. Um, I know there were some people who would come in and they'd be like, oh yeah, well their payment would be due on like the 15th or something and they wouldn't get paid until like the 18th or something along those lines and they wouldn't pay it until after that point. So then they're rushing to be able to get into the bank and if it's a holiday, if it's whatever, it the the 10 days is in case there's like a holiday or something along those lines. So I wouldn't I wouldn't hold on to that as like a solid foundation. That's the day that you need to pay it. If you are going to be paying something, I'd always pay it a month ahead just so that you have some sort of a, like a cushion to be able to deal with, deal with that. Um, Don't be late on your payments. (laughs) (laughs) Always good advice. That sucks because a lot of, I mean, not necessarily a lot of people, but it hurts a lot of people if they, if, if it is a late payment because it's a ding on your credit and it charges you a big fee. It's like, I think for a late payment, it was like 75 bucks or something like that. And so it's a, it's a big fee. It's not just like a little, yeah. Oh, you got to pay two more dollars. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a good one. Um, I guess, is there anything in more of a, a smaller scale? Like for me, like I said, if you're going to get in a credit card, I would never, I personally would never buy one, get one that has tells me I have to pay an annual fee. I'm, I'm never yeah. going to pay you because there's more than enough free credit cards out there. Yeah. There's I, no reason for me to spend that money. See, and with the spending the money thing, it all depends on your rewards and how much you're going to use it because sometimes there are good credit cards that give you huge rewards. And so if you're going to be buying big things with it say you you use it for work or something say you're traveling a lot and you use it for something and they end up you know paying you back tenfold by the time you pay off something and they give you a huge reward on it I wouldn't necessarily cross it off the list if that's what you're using it for if you're just using it for like a day-to-day like swipe my debit card or swipe my credit card and get gas or swipe my credit card and you know get lunch or something along those lines and then I I wouldn't necessarily um look into getting one if that's the case but if you're getting it for work purposes i wouldn't i wouldn't say no i wouldn't cancel it out um but you with credit cards you have to use them to be able to build your credit you can't just have it and just have it sitting at zero no at least put buy gas with it or something and then pay it off you know don't don't just that's something that builds your credit easier and better than anything else is by you know swiping your card and then paying it off within, you know, that 30 days or whatever, because if they see that you're using it and they see that you are keeping it under a third is what it is, um, it boosts your credit. It makes it better. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I think one of those those excuses that people use. Like, I'm going to get a credit card. I'm going to make one purchase, pay it off, and I'm going to be done. 
And that's not good either because once it goes inactive for a while, the line of credit goes inactive and then mm-hmm. runs into the whole issue also. So I'm glad you mentioned that's a good one. Yeah, because if you use it like every month and you just, seriously, you just buy groceries or something yeah. with it. And there yes. are a lot of credit cards that offer you like 5% rewards or whatever. Gas and groceries are the on big On gas ones. and groceries, yeah. exactly. And so you use it on gas and groceries and then you pay it off and then you get those five times rewards points or those three times rewards points or whatever the rewards points are. I don't know what they are. And so... You can't quote me on that because I don't know exactly what the rewards points are, but I think that's that's a really smart idea. Yeah, I, I agree. Is there uh, any other tips you would have for prospective credit card, soon-to-be credit card owners, slash any of the students that we've seen over basically the last month? If you have any questions, you can contact us. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Um, I mean... And I'm not going to say that I'm perfect by any means because that's not true. But like I did, I do have experience working in a bank and I did work in a bank for four years, three and a half years, whatever. And I did go through a bunch of different trainings on these kinds of things. And so I'd be happy to answer any sort of questions. And, you know, again, I'm just a human too. So most times. (laughs) This is uh, AJ McCall Drop the Mic. It's our fourth podcast. We made it through four. We made it through a month's worth of podcasts. It's there's, In case you couldn't tell, there's really no theme. It's just we kind of feel out what's important to us, and we've been going to all these high schools. We have credit cards, and it was like, you know, what's something that we care about and we feel like we should talk about? Something I wish I would have known. Yeah, something we both wish we would have known. Credit cards. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So... Utah's VFX.com podcast is in the AJ McCall drop down menu if this happens to be the first podcast you listen to. And so until next week, it's been AJ McCall drop the mic.